is the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy, sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sipping yo Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind It's another week and I'm up in the place, yeah, and I'm up in the place, Betty. No, I couldn't even think of anything that rhymed with place. I am so sorry. I am so so sorry. Hi guys, welcome to another week of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. Yes, suck your mum. I am so happy that. So many of you have like messaged me saying this week I was so close to telling someone to suck their mum and rare, rare, rare. And I, someone even wrote to Yodel because Yodel didn't deliver their package or they delivered their package elsewhere or whatever. And they wrote to Yodel and they said, so, you know, you're all pussy clarts and blah. I was so elated. I was just so glad. I just thought, yes, this is what we need to be doing. Like just dragging everybody for filth that needs to be dragged. I'm, I'm totally here for it. I'm excited by it, to be honest. Um, so yeah, obviously. Hi, my name's Kelechi Okafor. Welcome to another episode of SYM. As I said, I'm really, really happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here. I'm always happy to just generally be alive and, you know, doing bits. Um, so yeah, um, there's so much that's happening. So first things first, um, the cat's out of the bag. I will be co-hosting the Screen Nation TV and Film Awards on February 18th. And I'm just really, really excited because if you don't know, um, I co-hosted the Screen Nation Digital is Media Awards in January. And that was a big deal for me because I haven't hosted an award ceremony before. And it was really exciting. I had a beautiful dress by Ai Noir, um, um, you know, loaned to me. Um, and that was great. And so, yeah, this time I'll be doing the TV and film awards. And that's scary because it's obviously bigger. Like people have passed through there, like some absolute fantastic people, like my baby girl, Naomi Campbell, um, you lots uncle Idris Elba and John Boyega has been there. Like there's so many people, da- um, Daniel Kaluuya, like so many people have passed through there. So for the fact that I'll be co-hosting it, this year is a really big deal. And I feel like it's the best kind of feedback someone could get. Like you did a great job hosting the Digital Is Media Award. So why don't you host the TV and Film Awards? And I guess um, when it was being deliberated as to wh- why or whether I should host, some people were asking like, yeah, but who's Kalechi for? Like, why would she be the name for this one? I'm me, bitch. Yeah. I'm, there's no other, there's nothing that needs to follow it. I'm just Kelechi Okafor, boom, Kelechnikov. If you don't know, get to know. It's really that simple. I'm All jokes aside though, like, yeah, I don't expect for people to know who I am if they don't follow me on Twitter or anything like that. Um, and I always relish a chance to make a great first impression. So it is what it is. They will know of me soon enough. So I'm I'm more than fine with them not knowing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a great job at the Screen Nation TV and Film Awards. And yeah, so got that out of the way. And yeah, I'll just jump straight into the tarot. Before I jump into the tarot, I've had people asking me quite a lot recently, ever since they've been watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, saying, you know, how do you um, reconcile your Christianity with, you know, tarot? And I, it's, for me, it's really, really simple. So I'm just going to hit you with it one time because I know that some people, they recommend my podcast to people and go, yeah, but, you know, I don't really agree with the tarot bit. That's, you know what? That is totally fine because there is enough in this podcast for you, you know, regardless, you know, you can ignore the tarot. That's fine. But don't 
denigrate it. Don't undermine it because then I'm going to have to cast your absolute clout and you don't want to be the one that's receiving the straw. That's what you don't want to do. So how do you reconcile? um, How do I reconcile my Christianity with tarot? It's very, very simple. Like you man can go to church and have bare people up in the church going (laughs) and be taken by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You can all do that. And you lot will believe whatever that person says from their mouth about like the Holy Ghost has entered them, like, you know, the Pentecost. And then now, you know, they've got all of these things to say to you. Like, that's fine. But you can't somehow deem it um, a great thing. Sorry, there's someone laughing here in the background. <laughs> but you, you, you can't see the divinity in what I'm doing. I feel like God speaks to us in a number of ways. Honestly, I feel like God, like as the universe, as the, the beautiful force of creation, we are spoken to in a number of ways. Sometimes someone will say something and they don't even realize that it was a person, like it's a personal message for you. They're just talking, but it sits so deeply within you that you know that it's a message being given to you from just forces that we cannot see around us and it's beautiful sometimes you just see like you know it's happened to me before where I've seen like slogans on a billboard and it was just what I needed to see it was at that particular moment it was everything that I needed to see and to me that's what tarot is like tapping into that your higher intuition your higher self and letting that give you the messages that you need and you'll know if it resonates with you or not and more time it does resonate with you so I'm not like I don't need to justify it to anybody but that is just my simple explanation of it like we we relish and we are subservient to the divinity of these pastors even when they're saying the most left things um you know because oh it's a message from god but you don't believe that you can get your message from god anywhere else and that is why you are trapped where you are as far as i'm concerned so there's that to the side so I jumped right into the tarot um for the cards that I pulled this week and yeah you're, you heard right I actually pulled cards this week because as I was shuffling the deck two cards came out so and actually this week I'll show you as well I've got the pink the rose quartz the rose quartz is great for um trauma and you know healing from trauma that's why you find a lot of yoni eggs you know the um kegel eggs that women put inside themselves you find rose quartz because it's great for sites of like emotional and sexual trauma it's great to have this but i like having um rose quartz because it's a loving and calming kind of um crystal so i it just happened to be the one that i had with my I had with my cards my deck of cards this week so yeah anyway what I pulled, they came out together as I was shuffling. So I'll just show you here. The Don't watch my nails, by the way. I need to go and see Debbie, my nail lady. But I pulled the nine of wands. So the nine of wands. And then I pulled the queen of cups. Just put that there so you can see the queen of cups. So it's funny that they came out together because we've got... Um, in the nine of wands, nine of wands is mu- very much fire energy and the queen of cups is water energy. And it's the, uh, the f- nine of wands came out first. So the nine of wands coming out first, you see this man, he's got a bandage on his head and he's managed to kind of get eight of his um, sticks or his wands in the ground. And you can see that they're sprouting as well. So, you know, he's been at this for a while. He's been at this for a minute. Um, So he's got eight that he's managed to plant and then he's got, or, you know, that he's kind of pushed into the ground. And then you've got one in his hand and he's looking tired. He's looking really, really tired, but he's managed to get them done. And it's like he's building um, a a wall of sorts, a kind of a barricade of sorts with this, with, you know, with these wands. And by itself, that's really just speaking to where a lot of people might find themselves at this time of the year, where you're just exhausted you've you're exhausted but you're victorious like you have put in the work and you're getting the benefits of the work that you've put in but that doesn't mean that you're not fucking exhausted that you're so tired um this is just this is a card to kind of tell you that boom you've done a great job i know that you're exhausted you've done a great job but there's still more to do you know and there's a lot of red in this and i always take red to be a sign of success so 
there's more success to come and there are more, therefore there are more battles to come. So use this time as a time to rest because you have to go back out there again, but use this time definitely to rest. You've done a great, great job, but you're going to have to go back out there very soon. And for gym goers, this will make sense to you. This nine of wands always reminds me of like when you've gone to, you know, you've trained, you've trained, you've trained, and then you've got the worst DOMS ever. So DOMS delayed on uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, um, where your everything about you just aches, like your back aches, your abs ache, you're just so sore. But you know that you're sore in that way because you've put in the work. And you're going to get the benefits of putting in that work. But there's still more work to put in because, you 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 know, the, the training that you did in week three isn't going to carry you over to week nine. You need to constantly keep working, but also you need to constantly keep resting because that's part of it. Success means equal amounts of rest and work. Some people don't like that because they think that you should be working, 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 working all the time. No, you have to make sure that you're resting as well to give your body, your spirit, your soul time to recuperate so you can go back again and you can go back with, you know, with that quality of, you know, exertion. So that's uh, a little gym analogy for you with this card. Um, And then, yeah, then it's the Queen of Cups. So the Queen of Cups, she's actually at a shore. You see her by water in her beautiful throne and she's got a chalice in her hand as well. And she kind of seems introspective, you know, like just chilling. Her head is down. I feel like she's looking towards the water. She's just taking this as time to kind of just take it all in. And I think it's really, really, like I said, interesting that you've got fire and then you've got water coming straight after it. And then you've got the regal water coming after it in terms of the queen of cups. Cause I feel like what she's there to remind us of is that while you're resting, it's also good to take this time to get advice from people that you wouldn't otherwise want their advice. Now I'm always saying how stubborn I am when people want to give me advice. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. But it's important and other perspectives can do so much for you and other perspectives from people that don't have personalities like yours, because we're looking at a very much a fire energy putting in that work. And then you've got the water energy sitting down, being introspective, really, really looking at what what they should be doing from inside to affect a situation. And um, usually they say that the like traditionally the Queen of Cups usually represents someone like um, a, mother, a motherly figure. So if you've got a mother motherly figure or someone older than you, even in the work environment, trying to give you advice that you're not you don't want to hear, not because the advice isn't great, but because you're stubborn. This is really saying to you that during your rest period, before you have to go back at it again, before you have to get on with that next big project or whatever, that you should really take on the advice that they're trying to offer you as well. Like it it does, it does make a difference. And if you are the Queen of Cups, if you are that person, um, the Queen of Cups, people usually refer to her as like a drama queen. Not saying that in any way kind of speaks to me because I don't know what you're talking about. But if you are that kind of person, it's using this time while you're resting to be creative. Start thinking of how, so the next time that you've got to go to battle, that you've got to, you know, get on with that next big project, how can you be creative with how you're using your time? Or how can you be creative with your approach to the new projects and, and, you know, how you go about them? So it's very much a card of creativity, but introspective creativity, like imagination, going back and really thinking from the inside out, as opposed to the outside in, because this is a very much an outside in, energy where you're planting, you're working, you're working to get the benefits and of feeling, you know, um, accomplished on the inside. You're doing things on the outside. And this is actually saying, do the work on the inside. So then you can see the benefits on the outside, but you see how there's duality in them. Like you need both. So during this rest period, everybody, while you're taking this moment where you've won your other battles, while you're taking this moment to chill, Use that to start being more creative, more imaginative. Like, where can I go next? What can I do next? What can I achieve next? So that's basically it for tarot. Nice and short and sweet. So let's move it on. Moving it on to Share Your Magnificence this week. So Share Your Magnificence, um, 
I'm going to launch right in to Chantelle. Chantelle is um, one of the ladies at Black Women of Birmingham. In case you don't know, because I know that I don't do this enough, like tell you where I'm going to be, but I'm doing a twerk shop in Manchester, not in Manchester. That is a hot lie. Obviously Birmingham. I'm doing a twerk shop in Birmingham on um, Saturday, 10th of February. So I'm doing it with the black women of Birmingham. Um, the group is made up of um, Chantel, April, Louise and Maria. So they're the ones that make up the collective that, you know, that run black women of Birmingham. And I'll be doing this twerk shop with them. And I'm really, really excited to be going to Birmingham because I know I've got quite a few listeners in Birmingham, even though my my podcast is a baby. I know, you know, I've got my Twitter page as well. So I know I've got people about. So, um, yeah, I'll be in Birmingham. And Chantelle also has a blog because she's recently, well, not recently, but, you know, she's now ha- she's now got her hair in locked. It's all locked up. And it's beautiful. And she's got a blog site that, um, that's called Real Life and all that jazz. I'll put the link in the captions when I post this. And um, just talking about her experiences. And I really liked looking at all of the different pictures of her when she had various ha- um, hairstyles. And it reminded me of India Ari saying, I am not my hair. But there becomes a part... Uh, like a point in our life where we do become our hair, I think, because it's a part of us and it's an expression of our personality and our beliefs, I think. And so she talks about how um, when she crowned herself with her locks, you know, think it's because her perspective on her hair and her sent, um, ideologies around beauty, they cha- like they changed. So she wanted to express that with her hair and now she feels, you know, sturdier. And she does make a point of saying like, black women you can wear your hair any way that you like but this is just the way that she found that speaks to her the most so I really really respect that so big up yourself Chantel for having that blog site and also for organizing the twerk shop that's coming up so um yeah I'm looking forward to being in Birmingham very very soon um, so moving on from there, my next share your magnificence is a baby girl, Stephanie, Stephanie Yeboah, um, AKA nerd about town. Now she was actually nominated by Miriam Boteng. So first of all, Miriam, I want to give you a shout out because you sent in this nomination for share your magnificence through the right channels. You sent it to SYM at Kalechi So therefore... I'm now reading it on the show. Do you see how that works? If you send it to me in the right channel or through the right channels, I will read it out. But honestly, I was so excited to read what she had to say about Stephanie. Stephanie, aka Nerd About Town, is a a plus plus size blogger. And I love her so much because she's just so real and just so fierce and loving and at the same time so vulnerable and soft and just beautiful but I'll just read what Miriam has to say first Miriam said hi Kalechi I hope you're well I just wanted to firstly say that I love your podcast and I love your social media you're such a phenomenal creative beautiful person who has taught me so much and I wish you all the upcoming success in the world Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. My Share Your Magnificence entry would be Stephanie, who is a plus size blogger in London and her blog uh, her blog is called Nerd About Town. I've been following her for years and she's such an inspiration to me and my friends. She's such a beautiful person, but most of all, I love that unlike other bloggers who tend to keep it a bit diplomatic or PC when it comes to social justice issues, she's not afraid to confront brands and the fashion industry on their fuck ups. She really defends and stands Stands up for plus size black women in the UK as we are so horribly underrepresented. She also supports other blog, uh, bloggers of colour in the UK and I love her rants on Twitter on social justice. She's such a good role model and despite being her being like a really big blogger and having a tough year last year, she personally reached out to me when I contacted her telling her about my um, telling her about my self-esteem issues and we met up and had a heart to heart and she made me feel so good about myself and her words about being plus size and living my best life still resonate with me today. Like it was amazing. We were in the middle of Pret and she just took off her top and showed me her stretch marks around her arms when talking to me about loving my body and all its flaws. Like who does that? 
it annoys me sometimes that she's not as big as she is, um, as the monopoly of the plus size community coverage tends to go to, you guessed it, the white bloggers. But she's such a strong, beautiful, inspirational Ghanaian woman who's touched a lot of people and really has changed a lot of lives. I really hope she can be a magnificence for the week as I know she's been feeling really down of late and I know she listens to your podcast I'd love to brighten her day and let her know that she's loved by so many apologies for this long message by the way have a great day Miriam that's so nice Stephanie hit just hit your chest two times because you are loved baby girl and you know that I love you because I'm always up in your dms telling you that I love you but it's so great that you, I didn't know that you did this. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked because I know that this is how you are as a person. You're a loving person. And it's just nice to see you recognized in this way because you deserve more recognition as far as I'm concerned. And I am very, very sure that if your skin was light, close to white, you'd be, uh, you, oh, the endorsements that you would have would be mad. But obviously being a dark skinned Ghanaian woman, people like to move mad. But I love your energy, sis. I love the fact that when people come up in your mentions and try to move mad, you set them straight with a quickness. And I'll forever love your... um tweets your thread about the white man that decided to shout you know call you a racist and and was staring up at your book when you were reading and um, why i'm no longer talking to white people about race you know by reniedo lodge book book i love i love that thread because you said you summoned the spirit of kolechnikov to really really deal with him and i'm really glad that that came through so you're appreciated and you're magnificent Chantel, stephanie you're both wonderful wonderful women so so glad to know you both and shout out to Miriam for such a heartfelt beautiful beautiful entry so guys if you want to send me anything send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com and I'll be likely to read it out I won't say sure to read it out I'll be likely to read it out so that's appreciated now moving on to so you mad so you mad that's what i'm moving on to now so you mad and my first so you mad goes to steph london yeah steph london steph london because it's teflon don isn't it but anyway steph london um steph london i'm gonna say that because that's how it should be anyway yeah so oh where do we begin with this ratings let me just get the first thing out of the way to say that you're making, you're making great music. You're doing what you're doing and you're really doing bits. I'm really, really glad that you're getting your mainstream recognition for the music that you make, but you truly, truly moved mad with how you dealt with the issue on Twitter this week. So someone happened to unearth a tweet that Steph wrote from 2013 when she was 22 years old so not no little picnic she was she was a, she was an adult you know she wrote all you dark skinned hating on light skinned bitches don't act like if god gave you a choice you wouldn't change your color lol yeah the silence is 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 deliberate I'm just going to read that again for you. All you dark skinned, hating on light skinned bitches, don't act like if God gave you a choice, you wouldn't change your color. Lol. That's interesting to me because how fucking dare you? How dare you? But this is when now when someone says that colorism exists, you lot will jump up and be like, no, there's no colorism to all of the white people. We're all black. No, because this has just proved it because you you understand that you have privileges because of your proximity to whiteness. You know that. And now here you are in 2013 shaming people for not having the privileges that you have because you're a light-skinned thing so you are now saying that you obviously believe that if dark-skinned girls could change their complexion they would be lighter and you know what i don't think you're wrong but that's not because light-skinned girls are in any way buffer 
than dark-skinned girls. It's simply because of what white supremacist fucking patriarchy, you dumb bitch. That's why, yeah? That's the only reason, because if I could make my life fucking easier by being any lighter, I might have to consider it. At this, the way that I love myself now and, and the, the woman I am now, I would never. But I can't speak to a younger Kelechi who didn't look at head and shoulders adverts w- wishing that, oh, I want lung care because they seem so happy, those women in the herbal essence adverts and all of that with their long hair and just being happy and seeing that all of the people that had love interests and all the princesses in books and things like that were all fucking white or very, very close to white. You see that even in the industry nowadays, mixed race women just or generally just light skinned black women are getting opportunities that aren't afforded to dark skinned black women. It's just not. And yet you foolish idiots will open your mouth and be like, oh, you don't like light skinned girls or you don't like us because we're light skinned. You're just jealous. You're just hating. For you to say that means that you have no understanding, none of the society that we all live in. And it just goes to prove your privilege. And the fact that you're trying to like deny and gaslight us when we bring up these issues that's part of the problem because you've just admitted now, oh yeah, you know, you want to be light skin like me. I bet you do. But then if we bring it up that, oh, dark skin women are treated this way and treated that way. No, no. The white man sees us all as black together. <sighs> it's just tiring. But anyway, so this tweet came out. Someone retweeted it and everyone was like, wow. And honestly, I wasn't shocked. Like, why would I be shocked? I'm more shocked when I meet um, a biracial woman or um, uh, just a light-skinned black woman who actually goes, wow, you know, I am aware of my bias and I'm aware of my privilege and I'm working at it. I'm not shocked that um, other people like love their, uh, you know, love their privilege and they're they're riding it on out. I'm I'm rarely ever shocked. I actually expect it. But um, anyway, Steph London said... Um, first of all, I never t- ever tweeted that. You can look at all the stuff I posted on Insta about dark skinned women and it don't reflect nothing that tweet says. My blood brothers and sisters are dark skinned and beautiful. This is not in my character to ever say some shit like that. So are you really in big, big 2018 at your big, big age saying that you got hacked? Because that's all you could be saying that you got hacked because the tweet came from your fucking account. So what, what is this story? And then she then goes to post screenshots of all the um, times that she's posted on Instagram, like, wow, black women, I love you. But you told on yourself because then when people were calling her out and some people were moving really, really ridiculous. Like I think someone called her stupid and she said, "Um, that's your mum," or whatever she said. She then came after um, afterwards and says, don't ever think I would tolerate abuse. Watch your mouth. It's funny how you lot are ready for negative shit that I would never say, but all the good shit that is there, don't get no light because you're fucking crab. Why ain't you never retweeted when I said your skin is beautiful? So bitch, are you expecting us to be grateful that you said that? Because I really don't understand. And you still haven't addressed how this tweet got onto your account if you weren't the one that wrote it. Because it weren't no retweet. It was written. It was from your Twitter account. You haven't addressed that. Yet you're 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 now being very defensive. Because now you're talking about why have you ever retweeted when I said your skin's beautiful? Well, why do I need to? Why do I, what? Because you said it, I need to retweet it and be like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank my mom and I'd like to thank my dad. And no, just no. Okay. Then she goes, um, I'm going to go to her apology. She goes, um, I would like my women and young girls to know I would never disrespect anyone based on color. I'm not better than anyone. I love my heritage and stand for people of color. I don't want dark skinned girls to ever feel like I'm one of those people. That is not me. I know where I came from. Um, Without black women, there would be no me. So sorry if anyone took offense to what was said. Okay, so now can you see that you're mad? Yeah, can you see that the, the people in your village, they've, they've done something to you and you're very, very mad because you said that you didn't say it, right? So if you didn't say it, what are you apologizing for? Because you said you didn't say that thing. But 
you're more concerned with how you're appearing. You're not concerned about the offense you cause. You're just more concerned like, oh, I don't want dark skinned girls to ever think I'm one of those people. And you know who does that? Racist. Racist. When you say to someone, oh, you're ra oh, racist. Oh, don't call me that. I could never be one of those people. Well, who is one of those people? Because all of those people are made up of people like you. So as much as you say, oh, I don't want to be seen as one of those people, but you wrote the tweet. So you are actually one of those people and you're more or likely one of those people because you haven't addressed the fact that you actually did this no one imagined it you did it oh well the worst part of the apology was without black women there would be no me so sorry if anyone took offense to what I, what was said i need you guys to understand one thing sorry if is never ever an apology because all you're doing is working on a hypothetical you're not like it's not something that we know for sure. You're just saying, oh yeah, well, sorry if. So imagine like breaking a glass and then someone steps in it, cuts their foot. And then you go, oh, sorry if you hurt yourself on that. But you see me hurt myself on that. So you see me be hurt by your actions. So why don't you say, sorry that I broke the glass and then you happen to step on it because of me breaking the glass and not cleaning it up. That's an apology. By you recognizing the action that you did that caused the fence and apologizing for taking that action that caused the fence. You didn't do that. You just said, sorry if anyone was offended. But you know that people were offended. So now you're being ridiculous and I don't like it. So I'm glad that UK Afrolista um, pulled her up on that and said, sorry if isn't an apology. This is an apology. I apologize for my tweets that were disrespectful and hurtful to dark-skinned black women. I acknowledge my privilege within colorism as a light-skinned black woman. Please forgive my ignorance. And then UK Afrolista put, do better. And that's it. At your big, big age, learn how to fucking apologize properly and stop with all of this bullshit because it, it really doesn't cut it, Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, 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 and I generally feel like across the board, biracial women, light-skinned black women, you need to start doing better. You need to start doing better because only realizing your privilege when it suits you is, 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 is basically some, the summation of your privilege. You don't, you don't want to see struggles unless the moment someone starts saying stuff like, oh, did you know it's this? And did you know how, you know, it's how dark skin black women are treated this way. Suddenly you guys jump up. Oh, no, no, we're all treated the same. We're not all treated the same. So stop it stop it and acknowledge what's happening around you because sometimes I feel like you guys move like white people and it really annoys me so that's Steflon done done <laughs> yes moving on um my next so you mad was um tweets like the 1600s it's the hashtag that's been going on on Twitter, people tweeting like the 1600s. Obviously, for a lot of people, the most prominent thing, that's, uh, prominent thing that happened in the 1600s was just, you know, the slave trade and all of that. So that's what they were tweeting about. Black people, black people were tweeting jokes, I guess, about slavery, pretending to be slave masters or, or you know, imagining situations and saying, oh, you know, what if this happened and blah, blah, blah. And I thought a lot of the tweets, to be honest, were very, very problematic. I didn't find many of them funny, to be honest. But you know what? That's for black people to do. If that's how you want to kind of work through trauma by making those sometimes tasteless jokes, do what you're doing. Now, my issue began when a white girl decided to jump up and do her own joke. She wanted to do her own version of tweet like the 1600s. And she wrote, me, eat food. Slave, can I get some master? Me. No. And she put a, um, it's a gif of Nini, Nini Leaks from um, Real Housewives of Atlanta saying, <laughs> no. And she then put hashtag tweet like the 1600s. Now for me personally, I think this is a troll account as far as I'm concerned. It's a troll account, but that's by the by. The fact of the matter is obviously people jumped on the account and they were like, Ra, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because this is not for you. This hashtag's not for you. And they're like, well, why can't I join in? White people were slaves at some point too. At which point, you dumb bitch? Tell me the, tell me the point, first of all. And then secondly, why are you now arguing with people who said that you can't be part of something that you definitely can't be part of because of the context of what is being tweeted about? If I'm tweeting about slavery, how dare you as a white person come through and be like, <laughs> that's so funny. How about this? No, how about nothing? How about nothing? 
because this is not for you. Oh, so I can't be part of it. Well, I feel like that's reverse racism. Okay, whatever, whatever. Black people jumping up though to go, well, you know, if you guys are disgracing yourselves by making those hashtags and tweeting those things in the first place, you can't be surprised when white people join in. You guys need to shut up because you're the same motherfuckers that like to jump up when black people get annoyed with white people saying the N-word, with them saying nigger. Like you are the first ones that will jump up and be like, well, if you didn't say it, they wouldn't say it. No, no, that's not how it works. I can choose. I personally don't use nigger very often. And it's not in my kind of like, lexicon I don't like it I don't I don't I don't personally use it because it doesn't fit with the things that I'm saying so I don't tend to use it but should another black person want to use it every five seconds that's their prerogative like I can't tell them not to and you as a white person can't say to them no you can't use it because I'm not allowed to use it you know what in this in this time in this age that we live in, live in you have to get used to the fact white people that you can't have everything and you can't be part of everything it doesn't matter if you're fucking a black guy if you're fucking a white guy or whatever or you're fucking a black guy you're fucking a black woman you don't have any rights to, oh so what am i meant to do what am i meant to do then if jay-z saying it in a song what am i meant to do shut the fuck up that is it that is it. Do you want me to break it down for you again? Okay, here we go. Take some shots and take some fucks and then up them. Shut the fuck up. That's what you should do. That is very, very, that simple. It's so simple. You can go into your bedroom and do it. If you really want to, lock your door and start going, nigga, 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 nigga. You can do all of that in your room if you really, really want to, but just don't do it around any other black people. And I don't care if you're dating a black person that said, oh, I don't personally mind. You can say it around me. That's you. That's your business with the, the coon that you're dating. But do it around anyone else and you'll get slapped up. And that's how I see these tweets. Like, don't tell these people not to make their problematic jokes. They can make their problematic jokes if they choose to. That does not give any white person the right to jump onto the hashtag and think that they can join in on the joke because you know what? This joke wouldn't be possible if your ancestors hadn't done what they did in the first place. Okay? Thank you. Good night. Moving swiftly on then. I, that was just a quick one. I just had to put that in there. But moving quickly on to the Armenian appropriator. I was just talking about, you know, white people who feel um just every sense of entitlement to anything black. The um, Armenian app um, appropriator, also known as Kim Kartrashian, yeah, has been highlighted this week because she went and had uh, braids done and her braids just looked a mess. Like the, the, the one that Rachel had in Friends. Her braids looked a hot, hot mess. She put the picture up, obviously because Beyonce was out there being regal, shining like a baby girl. Kim Kartrashian wasn't feeling it so she had to release a picture because you know she always has to release something when she sees Beyonce doing something but you can never compare you can't compete what doesn't compare yeah so or is it the other way you can't compare what doesn't compete either way you're never ever in you're not even in the same arena as Beyonce to even say that you could be on any lane that's next to her so you just need to chill Kim Kardashian and stay with your husband that's that's very very much in a sunken place and do what you're doing so anyway she has these braids now got these braids done these dusty looking stringy as fuck braids and then she put Bo West as the caption obviously if you don't know Bo Derek was another appropriator from like the 60s I believe she was just a waist gash and and waist gal and so is Kim Kardashian she's a waist girl in 2018 they're both appropriators so Kim Kardashian thought it would obviously be smart to say that she was paying homage to Bo Derek by calling herself Bo West because you know why not one appropriator pay homage to another appropriator ha! but obviously this dumb prick thought it would be okay for her to have the braids if she went oh well no it's just a style that I'm copying from because I saw Bo Derek have it no no you're not cop copying it because you saw that Bo Derek had it you know that it's very very much styles from people of African heritage you know that you know that yeah because yet again you you like to erase black women from conversations and 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 history black history from things that you steal or things of African origin that you like to steal 
you won't reference it. The cane roads that she had before, she called them boxer braids. And then Vogue and all of them motherfuckers jumped up and they were like, oh yes, yeah, boxer braids. Or was it Elle magazine? Oh yes, boxer braids. They're not boxer braids, they're cane roads. And call them what they are. If you're, At least if you're going to steal them, call them what they are. But by changing the name doesn't make it better. But that's what that's how erasure works. And that's how appropriation works. You just like to steal things and not give credit where credit is due. I was more surprised, though, by the number of men who jumped up in my mentions to tell me that you're just hating her because she's prettier than you. But you know what, motherfucker? If I had millions to spend on surgery as well, I would be prettier than me, too. You know, so shut up. You know, that's all I have to say. Like if I had all the millions to go and buy a new batty, get a tummy tuck, get my face lifted, get my nose lifted, get my chin wagged, get my chin this, get my eyes lifted, all of that. Who wouldn't be cute? Who wouldn't be? So please stop with all of that nonsense. I can critique another woman and it, and it not be because I'm jealous of her because there's nothing that Kim Kardashian has in this life that I would ever, ever want. Let me repeat that. There is nothing that Kim Kardashian has in this life that I could ever want. Her and her sisters, she and her sisters are what you know as succubi. They're a succubus, someone a, like a, like a demon from um, folklore that likes to suck the souls out of men. This is what th her whole family empire is built on, sucking the souls out of black men and using it for capital and building their brands on it. Let's not forget the time that Chloe Kardashian decided to go and copy um, Destiny Blue, D Blue Dazzled. She makes like um, cute, cute like underwear and knickers and tights and stuff that she puts crystals all over. And she's really big on Instagram. She's made bits for Beyonce even. Chloe bought every item in um, Destiny's um, co collection. She bought every item, one item, um, you know, one of each item. And then next thing on her website for her clothing line, she's basically got copies of this. Now, when Destiny Blue brought it up, suddenly it was like, oh my God, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. It's such an unfortunate coincidence because I will never do anything like that to anybody. But Destiny Blue's like, nah, fam, that's just like literally all of my stuff. Like all of my stuff, you, what? A month ago, you ordered one of everything. And then the next month, You've got a collection based on what I have on my website. So this just goes to show you the sinister nature of the KKK, aka the, the Kardashian family. That this is what they do, just steal things from people and it needs to stop. And people are like, oh, don't give her any attention. The next time she does this, what if we all stay quiet? You know what will happen if we all stay quiet? People will think it's okay. So we can't win for losing. If we if we don't talk about it, people will think it's okay and she'll carry on right on through. Or we do talk about it and yeah, she's trending on Twitter or whatever, but you know, trash is always going to trend. So that, that's just one for you to take a moment with. Trash is always going to trend. People like cheap. She is cheap as far as I'm concerned. She and her entire family are fucking cheap and they're vile for what they do. It's disgusting. So that's that for her and her nonsense. And yeah, as I said, nonsense men, don't message me. Don't tweet at me. Don't, don't, don't at me about, oh, I'm only saying this because, oh, but what about, what about black women that wear blonde weaves? What about black women who have straight hair? What about black women who wear wigs? Kim Kardashian also wears a wig. Like she wears wigs a lot. Her and her whole family, they all wear wigs. Like, do you think that her hair goes from like gray and silver to then long and luxurious, like out of nowhere, like wouldn't all of her hair fall out? You are all ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Don't tweet at me, tweet at your mum's pussy. That's as far as I see it. That's all I've got to say about it. I'm not even going to go into assimilation and everything else because I've said it in another fucking episode. If you need to be educated, go back a couple of episodes and listen to it there because I haven't got time, no time for all of that nonsense. So anyway... Let's move it on. Moving on to straw of the week, also known as suck your mum, S-Y-M. <laughs> yeah, straw of the week. Now, 
I'm very, very grateful that you all tweeted me um, and you voted about who should receive straw of the week last week. And it seemed a large proportion of people chose MPS Southwark. So I'm glad that you chose MPS Southwark because as um, um, an authority, they're very, very useless for what they're doing to my brother and they're absolute trash. So I definitely um, agree with you. You already knew who my choice was anyway, and it was them. Yuck. So I've got some more for you this week. Um, this this week, actually, it's only going to be two. It's only going to be two um, choices for a straw of the week. So the first choice is um, a customer that came to my twerk class. We'll call her Watterly. Watterly is her name. I'll just call her Watterly. So Watterly came to a twerk class, a white woman came to a twerk class. She did what she did um, and then went home. Now, she wanted to come to a twerk class another week. And then she messaged me like on the day, WhatsApp me and goes, oh, um, I think like two hours before the class, she goes, oh, I won't be able to make it today. I'm stuck at work. Can we move my booking to another day? And I said to her, no, because I've got a 12 hour cancellation policy. And if you want to cancel after those, you know, you know, 13th hour, fine. Once it hits 12 hours and you want to cancel before the class, no, you've lost your money as far as I'm concerned. And it's written everywhere. When you sign that waiver, I put it in the waiver. It's written everywhere that I've got a 12 hour cancellation policy. But that was by the by. Now, she's not the only person that's done that. So many people have done that. So many that will message me and say, I want to cancel my booking an hour before. Um, can we move it to a, another day? No, we can't move it to another day. Go and read the fucking things that you sign. Anyway, I made an Instagram story about this and how people should respect small businesses. Stop talking about cancer, um, moving your booking when actually what you're doing is cancelling at very, very short notice. Don't expect to get your money back. And also... Um, if you're late more than 10 minutes, you're not coming in the class. I've made all of this clear before. If you want to try any of my classes, you pay to try them. I don't give taster classes because my rent is not a taster. Yeah. The rent that I pay for my, 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 my studio and the rent that I pay for my flat is not a taster. I don't get to do tasters. I don't get to live in the flat for, for, for years as a taster. So therefore you don't get to come to my class as a taster. You pay, you start to value the work that black women do and start paying them for it. Not even just black women, just people start to value what they do and pay them accordingly. This is all my Instagram story was really saying. This dumb prick decided to send me a DM on Instagram and go, some people probably just don't know about your 12 hour policy. So I think it's petty and unprofessional for you to bring it up in your stories. And I really, really enjoy the class that I came to, but I won't be coming back because never have I met such a dance teacher with such a nasty negative attitude. I will be unfollowing you. The silence is deliberate. Okay, Wattily. Okay, thanks. Bye. You said I'm petty and unprofessional. I jumped back onto WhatsApp where she was messaging me before because she sent me a, a, mess, a DM on Instagram and then like blocked me or whatever. But then, and first of all, I don't even know who asked you to follow me, but whatever, because there's a studio page. There's Kolechnikov Studio, which is very much the studio page. And then you've got my Kolechnikov page. You know, you can clearly see the difference between the two pages, but you decided to come onto the one where I'm doing all of the talking. So you set yourself up for that failure as far as I'm concerned. I sent her a message on WhatsApp and I just said, hiya, thanks for the message on my pri uh, my personal page. Just wanted to let you know that I'm more than happy for you to never, ever return as my classes were not designed for people like you. Thank you. Bye. And I sent that because what? I have no motherfucking boss. All right. I don't. So you can't send me nonsense messages and not expect a clap back. Don't ever, don't ever come and perform like a monkey in front of me and not expect a clap back. I'm going to clap and clap and clap again because you chose what? You chose the wrong fucking one. You are wild for that. And I can't stand when white women want to weaponize disappointment and they want to weaponize tears. Oh my God, I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe... 
you're not my mother. And it's, it, it speaks to your deeply entrenched views of superiority to think that your fucking disappointment would mean any fucking thing to me. I don't give a shit. I don't give a damn. Yeah? Keep your disappointment. Go and be disappointed in your fucking unseasoned food before you come and tell me that you're disappointed in what I'm doing. Because you know who isn't disappointed in me? The mother that pushed me out of her fucking pussy. She's not disappointed in me. So your disappointment means nothing to me. I don't give a damn. If that little thing can trigger you. And also, bitch, if the shoe fits, strut in it. I never called your name because why? So many people do it. So many people do it and it becomes frustrating because these very same people are people that signed a binding document to say that they understand the rules of my studio. So of course it's going to get annoying, right? And that's what I was pointing out. But you decided that obviously I was talking to you personally and you decided to send me a DM. So now I'm going to have to ruin your day. You see, and I didn't want to have to ruin your day because I was minding my business, but I'm very, very fucking good at ruining people's days. Like that is what, if you want to know my superpower, my superpower is talking shit and ruining people's days. Now look at you. Now you're all up in your feelings and you're hurt because I had to tell you about your class and tell you that my classes weren't designed for you in the first place. I don't mind if you never come back because all of you are too used to that Apple Care kind of customer service where they're all there licking your clit and telling you that everything you say is right. The customer's always right. The customer's always right. Not on my fucking watch. The customer's not always right. If you don't want to move like a serious adult, I'm going to treat you like a nonsense child. That's that is really, really that simple. So don't make message me, respect yourself enough never to message me and try to move mad because I will tell you about all of your clarts. That's, that's, that's as far as I see it. And it's just the cognitive dissonance as well, where you've said that it's the, one of the best fucking classes you've ever been to. You said it to my face and basically you alluded to it in this message of disappointment that you sent me. But the next sentence, what you want to say is, oh, I've never met such a negative, nasty dance teacher. Okay, but then how could you have had such a great session? Because see, now you're confused. Now you can't even get your story straight. And that's part of the problem because you want to hate me so bad, but you can't hate my body of work. And you don't like the fact that you got called out. And I didn't even call your name directly, Wattily, you fucking prick. I didn't even call your name, but you decided to act like an idiot. And so therefore I talk to you like you're an idiot. And this is just a public service announcement to anybody else. If you are interested in a business, go on their page, take time and look through their page, look through their website and see how they operate. Listen to them when they tell you how they'd like things to be done, because there's a reason that they've asked you to do that. That's all there is to it. If you don't like it from checking their webpage and seeing their policies and stuff, you know what? Sit your stupid ass at home. You don't need to go anywhere. But where you start making people angry is when you refuse to read read anything and then you just stomp up in the place and start demanding shit. Don't demand anything from me. Like I am so happy for white women to come through and do classes at the studio because it really, really does fill my heart with joy to see us all melding and, and interacting with each other. It is beautiful, but don't come with them nonsense, micro and macro aggressions. For instance, there are certain people um, that come to the studio and they forever want to talk about my hair. Okay, fine. They're not touching it, but why do you always want to strike up a conversation based on my hair? Oh, I really like that one on your head. I've got a friend. Oh yeah. I've got this friend. She's got a similar hairstyle. She's got a similar hairdo. I touched it once. It was so soft. Okay, you touch your friend's hair. I hope you're not hoping that that means that you're going to touch my hair because I will slap you. I'll slap you so hard that even your chin will be twerking. Like, don't do it to yourself. Don't, please don't. So that's that's frustrating. I've had white women come to the studio, stop me in, um, during a twerk class to say, oh, you've got a really good nose. You've got really good features, really good features. Good features for whom? For what? Huh? Stop that. And I don't, what do you classify as good? Like, leave me alone. Just come and enjoy the thing and go your own way. Like, stop forcing all of this. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, so that's obviously the first one. Wattily the prick. Or... Amanda Spielman. So Amanda Spielman is the head of Ofsted. If you don't know Ofsted because you live in America or you live somewhere else in the world, it's um, the kind of um, 
officiating body that kind of like goes to schools and stuff to, to, to you know to to see that schools are working to a specific standard and the curriculum is working to a specific standard so anyway Amanda Spielman is the head of Ofsted and she's actually agreed that children girls under eight in primary school should not wear hijabs to school and I have a problem with it because Amanda Spielman is obviously a white woman who's now dictating to Muslim parents whether they should let or whether their children should be allowed to wear hijabs to school. I feel like this is very anti-Muslim. Definitely. I just I just think that it's one of those things that yet again are being done in really subversive ways to undermine people's religions. Oh, we, um, you know, we just want children to know gender equality. You want children to know gender equality? Go and focus on other aspects. Go and focus on your fucking curriculum that all you ever talk about are kings, 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 and men, men, men. Go and look at that. Yeah, address that before you start addressing the hijabs that these young girls are wearing to school. So anyway, Channel 4 did um, like a debate thing on the news with um, Amina Lone and um, Subeda Hake, or is it Subeda Hack? Anyway, they did um, a debate with these two brown women about whether um, young girls should wear hijabs to school. Girls under eight should wear hijabs to school. And my instant problem that I had with it, the instant one that I saw straight away is that why is it in this country when we want to talk about Islam, when we want to talk about Muslims, it's just the brown people that are rolled out. And this again speaks to the anti-black, the anti-blackness that black people suffer in the Muslim community. Because you don't see black people as legitimate Muslims. And I have a problem with that as well so so when you decided that oh yeah we want to have a debate about whether um muslim girls should be allowed to wear hijabs in school oh let's get brown women yes we're gonna get brown women to come and debate it why couldn't you get a black woman to come through too do black women not come in muslim it's just it's just a bit wild for me and i and i didn't like that aspect but also amina alone was basically arguing that oh yeah gender equality they shouldn't wear hijabs they should have the choice to choose they they should choose when they're old enough rather it's their parents that are forcing it on them to wear it and blah 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 and you know those things shouldn't be allowed and um Zubeda was Zubeda was arguing the other side saying that you know people should be free to you know, to practice their religion and, you know, children grow up in homes where they see their parents practicing this religion and it gives them a sense of belonging. You're trying to take that away from them. And my issue with a lot of this also is that what is the, what is white feminism's problem? Preoccupation, obsession, if you will, with taking Muslim women out of their hijabs or out of their burqas. Like, why can't you mind your fucking business? like freedom and liberation comes in so many forms and you can you're just showing your basic understanding of liberation to think that it's got to do with clothing there are women out there who are more liberated than you will ever fucking be and they are there with their heads covered and they're in modest clothing because that is a choice that they have made you said yourself that feminism is about choice the freedom of choice now these women have made educated choices you know well-considered choices to remain in modest wear as they call it why can you not mind your fucking business and leave them alone It's, it's such like a white missionary mentality where you feel like you need to go and save other people from the savagery of their patriarchal religions why have you done to save yourself because out here you've got man from your end from your side who are out here molesting young boys and molesting young girls you don't want to deal with them you don't want to deal with parliament and all the all, all the nastiness that's happening in parliament you don't want to focus on that you don't want to focus on the fact that some of these teachers in schools you need to check them nah you don't want to look at any of that you're looking for any any instance to undermine the Muslim religion oh, that, 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 that is what I see you doing honestly all this oh we've got to look out for anti-radicalization if we see any child writing anything that is in any way this and that you know we've got to report it to you know anti-radicalization institutes but you know what radicalizes these youth It's the fact that they're always ostracized in your community. Why can't you just accept them 
as who they are and just let them be that. Why do you have to be extra about it all? That's that's what causes radicalization. And also, while we're on the subject of radicalization, talk about the radicalization of white males. Talk about that, the radicalization of white men, because you, you never call them terrorists. Therefore, they go out there killing hundreds of people and you're, oh, thousands of people. You don't address that. What you want to address is, oh my God, I want that headscarf off her head now in case, you know, she becomes um, an ISIS sympathizer or something like that. And I just, it's tiring. It's tiring. And I really think that, yeah, consult parents, consult parents as to why young girls are wearing their hijabs in school. Because you go ahead and you pierce your child's ear, not that it's in any way, you know, the same, but you go ahead and you pierce your child's ear, um, child's ears before, you know, when they start school, you know, their ears are pierced, good to go. Did you consult them about that? And that's you actually doing something to their actual body you're doing something to their physical body straight away before they've had a choice whether they want that or not these girls are wearing hijabs they can decide later on that boom fam i love you all but i don't want to i don't want to be a hijabi so then they don't then they stop they have got choices stop making it out like um, islam is this thing that deeply oppresses and stops them from doing things and stops them from doing that. Meanwhile, you haven't talked about Christianity and the way that it takes autonomy away from women to make choices about their sex, you know, their sex life and their reproductive system and whatever else that they want to do with it. You don't address those things, but oh, think of, oh, look at what the Muslims are doing. Mind your business. Just mind your fucking business, Amanda Spielman. And all of you other men, I mean alone. All of you shut up and leave people be. There are there are more pressing issues than whether a family sends their daughter out in a hijab. So anyway, that's it for this week. Make your choice, whether it's Watterly the prick or, you know, Amanda Spielman of Ofsted deciding that young girls shouldn't, um, you know, young Muslim girls shouldn't wear hijabs to school. You know, those, those are your choices. I obviously forgot, oh, in a massive, massive way because I was, I said that's it, but it's not it. My God, I'm so, so sorry. Let me just do this very, very quickly. France, the country of France, I need you to all suck your mums. Suck her, your mothers. It's what I'd like all of you to do in France, yeah? Because Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie was being interviewed this week Um I want to find the, um, I'm going to actually read it to you. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie has hit out at a deliberate, entitled, tiresome and sweeping base ignorance about Africa after she was asked by a French interviewer if there were bookshops in Nigeria. The prize-winning Nigerian novelist was invited by France's foreign ministry to appear as a guest of honour at the Institut Francais cultural event La Nuit d'Idées, or The Night of Ideas. I don't speak French, leave me alone. Anyway, interviewed by the French journalist Caroline Brouet, um, Adichie was asked if there were bookshops in Nigeria. The woman went on to say, um, when you talk about Nigeria in France, unfortunately, there is not much said about Nigeria. But when people talk about um, Nigeria, it's about Boko Haram. It's about violence. It's about security, said Brouet. And she said, I should like you to tell us something different about Nigeria, which is different. Talk about it differently. And that is why I'm saying, are there bookshops? Of course, I imagine there are. Um, in a video of the event, Adichie's shown reacting calmly to the question. She said, you know, I think it reflects very poorly on French people that you've had to ask me that question. I really do, because I think surely it's 2018. I mean, come on. My books are read in Nigeria. They're studied in schools, not just in Nigeria, but across Africa. And it means a lot to me, says the author, because obviously I'm very grateful to be read everywhere in the world. But there's something about being read by the people about whom you write. Adichie later took to Facebook to expand further on the incident. I do not expect a French person to know almost everything about Nigeria. I don't know almost everything about France, but to be asked to tell French people that you have bookshops in Nigeria because they don't know is to cater to a willfully retrograde idea that Africa is so apart, so pathologically different that a non-African cannot make responsible assumptions about life there. 
Bookshops are in decline all over the world and that is worth discussing and mourning and hopefully changing. But the question, are there bookshops in Nigeria, was not about that. It was about giving legitimacy to a deliberate, entitled, tiresome, sweeping base ignorance about Africa. And I do not have the patience for that. Perhaps French people cannot indeed conceive of Nigeria as a place that might have bookshops. And this is 2000, this is in 2018, in our age of interconnectedness and the internet. It's a shame. And it is a shame. So France obviously is the third option. The reason I missed it out is because I put it in the So You Mad option and I am my So You Mad section and I didn't get to it. But France is the third and Caroline Bruet is, is the one that we'll be dedicating the straw to because that was a very fucking stupid question. So we have Watterly the Prick or we have um, uh, Amanda Spielman that useless person or we have caroline bruet who decided to be very very stupid about her assumptions about nigeria like i just think it's so insulting does nigeria have bookshops what the fuck do you mean like do you think it's a desert of cave people just hopping around going uh, 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 uh. like what what do you think of Nigeria and and Macron even said something very very similar about Africa. It's very funny because you guys spent a lot of time, you French people spent a lot of time in Africa, in West Africa specifically, and now and North Africa, and you're at, acting awfully confused. Like, oh oh, do they have bookshops there? Oh, did you not put any there when you were there stealing shit? When you decided to leave and um, live there and no one fucking invited you when you were out there teaching them French, did you consider that? That maybe, oh, do they have bookstores there? Nigeria, does Nigeria have bookshops? It's not worth responding, I think, to some of these things, like with words. I feel that Chimamanda is a better woman than I, because I would have landed Carolina's slap before I even knew what was happening. I'll say, use that slap and let it help you. The, you know, the heat that you're feeling in your face, let it be a heat sensor towards the bookshops that are in Nigeria. How about that, you dumb prick? Like, it's it's the fact that people still see Africa as diminutive and they talk about it in this sense of shrinking it and making it lesser than and othering it. And so anything that comes from there is just like, wow, oh my God, they speak English. Oh my God, they speak French. Oh, look at them trying to be civilized. Oh, poor savages. How can you jump from, oh, let's stop the conversation about Boko Haram and talk about something different? Like, wow, I don't know. Do you guys have bookshops? I don't even know. I don't even know it anymore. And I don't know for this world, but France needs to get its shit together because they like to see themselves as super civilized and at the helm of everything. And you're so backwards and you're so ridiculous and so smelly. Yes, I said it. You're so, so smelly for your stupid assumptions. It's disgusting. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So you have the choice of um, Caroline Bruet, Amanda Spielman or Watterly the Prick to choose from this week for Straw of the Week. I think that this one will probably be close because all three of them are very, very deserving. But I leave it to you, dear listeners, dear viewers, I leave it to you to choose. So thank you for another amazing, amazing week of just listenership. I appreciate you all greatly. Um, I love the numbers that I'm seeing in terms of people who are listening and who are watching. And so I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? suck your mom. So yeah, I'll put everyone's at, I'll put Chantel's at, I'll put Stephanie's at in the caption. Um, I'll put possibly I'll put the links to um, the Screen Nation Awards if you want to get tickets and I'll put the link to the twerk shop if you want to come in Birmingham. I'll put all of that good stuff out there for you so you can see that. You can follow me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Remember what I said about the nine of wands. Use this rest period after your victory to really take time to be the queen of cups, to be introspective and creative and decide how you're going to move forward next because there are big things ahead of you, big things are gone, but you have to be rested up to carry on. So that's pretty much it from me. Thank you for listening. Peace.
It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Keep it sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo Hot time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind